a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Moses was a true intercessor and he would not give up. Prayer is the most powerful way to show our love for someone. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us Moses was a powerful example. God is still looking for people to stand in the gap and pray. Are you willing to pray for other people to come to the Lord? Are you willing to pray with persistence? Be an intercessor. Stand in the gap. This is the day when the lost are found. Mature believers talk to others about God, and they also talk to God about others. Do you regularly pray for others? Pray for their needs. Pray that they might come to know the Lord or come closer to Him. Our mission statement here at A New Beginning is knowing Him and making Him known. And intercessory prayer is a vital instrument in that pursuit. So today, Pastor Greg Laurie continues his series on the life of Moses, uncovering the leader's faithful ministry of intercessory prayer. friends in life, hopefully. Some people have a lot of friends. Some have just a few. Then you have old friends, people you've known for a long time. Then you have new friends, people you're just getting to know. And then you have marriage. And then when you get married, you spend a lot of time with your friend. My wife, Kathy, she's my best friend. So we understand each other. I sometimes jokingly say, between the two of us, we have one complete brain. And by that I mean, I'll forget something and I'll say, wait, what was that guy's name? It was, and she'll remember. And she'll forget something. Where were we on that day? Oh, I'll remember that. And so together we get it all figured out. But even the way that a man and a woman communicate, uh, there's a a little mystery to it. Uh, Sometimes Men don't understand women. And well, let me restate that. Most of the time, men don't understand women. But there are times that women don't understand men either. Let me illustrate. When a man says to a woman, it's a guy thing, what that really means is there's no rational thought pattern connected to this and no chance of you ever figuring it out. When a man says to a woman, can I help with dinner? What he really means is, I'm hungry and I want to eat right now. When a man says to a woman, well, it would take too long to explain, he really is saying, I have no idea how it works. Uh, When a man says to a woman, take a break, honey, you're working too hard, he's really saying, turn off the vacuum cleaner, I can't hear the game I'm watching on TV. When a man says to a woman, well, you know how bad my memory is, what he's really saying is, uh, despite the fact that I know all the lyrics to the theme song of the Beverly Hillbillies, sorry, I forgot what day your birthday actually is on. When a man says, I can't find it, he's really saying, if it didn't fall into my outstretched hand, I'm completely clueless. And when a man says to a woman, you look terrific, he really means, stop 
changing your outfit and let's go. And finally, when a man says, we are not lost, I know exactly what we are. What he is really saying is, no one will ever see us alive again. (laughs) Marriage, friendship. I want to talk to you about a man that knew God in a personal way. A man who had a friendship with God. And of course, that man's name is Moses. So let's sort of pick up where we last left off in this series. So Moses is up on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments. Now he doesn't know how bad things are back at the camp where Aaron was left in charge. He did not yet know that the people were dancing around a golden calf and calling it their God. And so while he's there on Mount Sinai, the Lord says to Moses in Exodus 32 verse 9, I'm going to pour my wrath out against these people and consume them and make of you a great nation. Moses didn't know how bad it was. And now as he descends from the mountain, he sees this sight of full tilt idolatry and immorality and Aaron offers up the lamest excuse of all time to justify this horrible behavior. And Moses is so angry, he takes these two commandments written by the finger of God and throws them on the ground and they smash into pieces. Now that was not a good idea. The Lord actually said, you're gonna have to go carve a new set now. And that's exactly what he had to do. But here's what was happening. The Lord was developing Moses. He was testing Moses. And he was wanting to see if Moses would learn how to be an intercessor. Maybe God is testing you right now. Why do Christians go through times of hardship? Why do we have to experience trials? James chapter 1 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Trials are like God's gym. You break muscle down to build it up. So you go to a gym maybe at the first of the year, you're out of shape. Well, you're in a shape. You're just in the shape of a pear. You don't want that. So you go to the gym, you sign up, and you work out really hard. And the next day, you can't even lift your hand. You're so tired. Well, you need to pace yourself. And in time, you'll break that muscle down. You'll build it up, and you'll be stronger as a result. God lets you go through these trials to strengthen you. And God was sort of whipping Moses into shape. Moses is gonna learn how to deal with people that oppose him. Are you dealing with people like that right now that are critical of you, that are making life hard for you? People that have hit you unfairly? What's your natural reaction? Hit back and hit back harder. Well, that's not what we're taught to do in the Bible. Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And when you do that, you're acting like true children of your Father in heaven. So the Israelites were not very appreciative of Moses at this phase of the story. They were critical of his leadership and he was becoming very frustrated. Would he be an intercessor? Would he stand in the gap for them? Would he pray for them? By the way, God is still looking for people to stand in the gap and pray. 
The Bible says the Lord was looking for someone to stand in the gap, but he could find none. Are you willing to pray for other people to come to the Lord? Are you willing to pray with persistence for the Lord to answer that prayer you're bringing before him? And John chapter four is a story of a desperate dad whose son was very sick. In fact, he was at death's door. This father was a part of a royal family. And he came and humbled himself before Jesus, which is pretty amazing. He's a a man of royalty and he gets down and humbles himself before Christ and he begs Jesus to touch his dear son. And the response of the Lord is quite unusual because he says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. (laughs) Well, like what kind of thing is that to say to a desperate dad that just wants his son to be healed. But the fact is, Jesus was not really addressing the Father. He was addressing the fickle crowd that just came to be entertained. He just came to see a sign, a miracle, something to dazzle them. Meanwhile, this persistent dad was standing there waiting and would not give up. And then he says, Lord, come to my house before my son dies. Jesus says, oh, (laughs) your son? He's healed. So Why did this happen? Why did Jesus not just respond to this guy immediately? Because he wanted to drug him out and he wanted to teach the man that sometimes you need to keep asking, you need to keep seeking, and you need to keep knocking on the door. And sometimes because we will not be persistent in our prayer, we don't see them answered in the affirmative. Sometimes what looks like a barrier may actually be a bridge. So don't give up. So coming back to Moses, had Moses learned anything? Would he pray for these fickle people? And let me ask you, is there someone you need to be praying for right now? Do you have a child that's rebelling against God and they're just going from bad to worse? Or do you know someone that needs to hear the gospel but they're not responsive when you try to engage them in a conversation? Don't give up. Keep praying for them. Because we know when you pray for people to believe in Jesus, you're praying according to the will of God. You say, how do you know that, Greg? Because the Bible says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So don't give up. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. We're studying the life of Moses in Pastor Greg's series, Water, Fire, Stone. Let's continue now with our focus on prayer. Now listen to this amazing statement of Moses in Exodus 32, verse 31. Moses returned to the Lord and said, These people have committed a terrible sin. They've made gods of gold for themselves. Now please forgive their sin, and if not, then blot me out of the record you are keeping. So Moses has seen the sin of the people. And he goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, I I know it's bad. It's horrible what they've done. And I'm asking you to forgive them of their sin. And in the original Hebrew, there's an implied pause. So it goes something along these lines. Lord, I know they've committed a horrible sin and I ask you to forgive them. Pause, pause, pause. But if not, then blot my name out of your book. Get it? Moses is pondering this. He's thinking about it. And he's saying, Lord, if it would make a difference, 
if it would mean that they would be forgiven, take my name out of your book. Effectively, the Apostle Paul said the same thing when he wrote in Romans 9.3. He said, my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be willing to be forever cursed, that is, cut off from Christ, if you would save them. So basically, Paul and Moses are saying to the Lord, hey, if this is what it takes, we'll go to hell so these people can go to heaven. That's an intercessor for you. That's someone standing in the gap. Thankfully, we don't have to give up our hope of eternal life so someone else can have it. That has already been purchased for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. But Moses was a true intercessor and he would not give up. I think one of the reasons we don't intercede for others, one of the reasons we don't pray for others is because if we're brutally honest and no one likes to admit it, but we would have to say, we just don't care. You're not gonna share if you don't care. And I think uh, that comes back to Jonah. I mentioned him last time, how Jonah did not wanna go preach the gospel to the Ninevites because frankly, he did not want them to repent. He wanted God to judge them and eradicate them from the earth because they were a, a cruel people and Israel had suffered under their hand. So he didn't wanna go offer mercy to them. And sometimes we'll look at somebody that's living a wicked life or doing horrible things and we don't wanna pray for them. We don't wanna pray that God touches our heart or changes them or forgives our sin, but we should. And if we don't care, we'll never share. And here's what I'm saying. I hope that you would have a heart that cares for people that don't know Jesus yet. C.H. Spurgeon, regarded by most preachers as the greatest of all preachers apart from the apostles. In fact, he was called the Prince of Preachers, once made this statement, quote, the Holy Spirit will move them by first moving you. And Spurgeon was talking about non-believers. If you can rest without their being saved, they will rest too. But if you're filled with an agony for them, writes Spurgeon, and if you start up at once and begin to cry, oh God, give me converts or I will die, then Spurgeon says, you will have converts. Care, be an intercessor, stand in the gap. All around you are people that need to hear about Jesus Christ and all you need to do is take a little step of faith and start an evangelistic conversation. Back to our story. God tells Moses he won't destroy the people. But then he adds this, but I'm not going with them either. I'll send an angel. Well, Moses is not down with that idea at all. He goes and tells the Israelites, uh, good news and bad news. God is not gonna wipe you off the face of the earth and you can go, but he's not going with you. You're on your own. He'll send an angel though. The people are like, no, we, we want the Lord to go with us. And so they take off all their rings and their necklaces and everything else and, and they offer it to the Lord and they say, we're sorry for our sin. We, we don't wanna go on without God. And so now Moses goes to the Lord with this amazing statement in Exodus 33. Exodus 33, verse 15. Moses said to the Lord, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone now look favorably on me and your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. Man, he's so candid. Effectively saying, Lord, bad PR move, okay? 
as your consultant. I recommend you go with us. This isn't gonna reflect well on you or me or your people. What sets us apart is you walk with us and we walk with you. But you know, that's friendship. Friends can ask for things from friends. And amazingly, the Lord approves and gives Moses what he asks for. And this gives us an insight into how to have your prayers answered in the affirmative. Listen to this. The objective of prayer is not to get God to do what I want him to do. The purpose of prayer is not getting Greg's will in heaven. It's getting God's will on earth in Greg's life. Think of it as you being on a little boat and there's a dock and you throw your rope and you pull yourself to the dock. Now, are you pulling the dock to you or are you pulling your boat to the dock? Okay, that's prayer. God is like the dock. Get aligned with him. The closer you get to his will, the more your prayers will be answered in the affirmative. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Or from the Greek, it would be Jesus speaking, if you maintain a living communion with me and my word is at home in you, listen, you can ask at once for yourself whatever your heart desires and it's yours. Now we gravitate toward the latter part of the verse, ask whatever my heart desires. But listen, if I'm maintaining a living communion with him, and his word is at home in my heart and I'm reading the Bible, I'm gonna start praying for what God wants. That's what's happening to Moses. He's getting his will aligned with the will of God. And 1 John 5, 15 says, this is the confidence we have when we approach God. If we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So now Moses is getting it. He's aligning with God. We're learning some great lessons today on prayer from our study of the life of Moses with Pastor Greg Laurie. And there's more to come as this teaching continues next time here on A New Beginning. So be sure to join us as Pastor Greg shares practical lessons on prayer, intercessory prayer. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Have Friendship with God. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media, station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.